0: The opening week of the NFL is brought to you by Mac Weldon. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Promo code on gets you 20% at MacWeldon.com. Here we are, another Locked On NFL Brian Peacock alongside the scout Matt Williamson. You can find this podcast everywhere that you like to find your podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're taking you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at matt is at Williamson NFL. A ton of NFL news over the weekend to get to if you listen to Monday's show. uh, You know that we didn't touch on any of the news stuff. We pre-recorded that because of the holiday weekend and and made our picks for the season. Some of those might be altered now because of uh, some of the trades. And I think one team especially is something we've got to dive into that looks a lot different than they did before the weekend, and that is the Houston Texans.
1: Yeah, a lot going on here. I mean... The small move is, hey, you pick up Carlos Hyde, and I still think Hyde's okay. You know, we'll get to the KC backfield situation in a bit, but he's going to spell and be a much different type of guy than Duke Johnson. Um, you trade Clowney for really next to nothing, and I understand that he was kind of a malcontent, and but to get two backup linebackers, special teamers, for a pick that you probably would have got as a as a compensatory pick a year from now and just to get him out of town when obviously you're winning now. And we saw that with the Tunsil move, you give up serious draft capital for a great young left tackle. I mean, he is a great player already only getting better, but my question to you, and we could talk about these moves more for sure, but why not keep Clowney add Tunsil add Hyde and make a run instead of getting rid of one of them.
0: The Clowney move is First of all, the big head-scratcher because of the return. and yeah. I, I think we had talked about it before. We didn't expect them to get a Khalil Mack return for Jadavian Clowney. But the Seahawks' third-round draft pick and Barkevius Mingo, who's, you know, whatever, he's a, he's a journeyman at guy. this point. Yeah, right. yeah, and Jacob Martin. And to be honest with you, I had never heard that name in my life until I saw this trade come down. So I don't even know what kind of a player Jacob Martin is. Um, it's just, you would have... You would have gotten the third rounder as a comp pick anyway. A year later, it would have been a 21 pick instead of a 2020 pick. So was that enough of for, of a deal for you to think you don't want clown I would rather have clowny and a, and a pick later a in the same round. Yeah, even if you did let him walk. So that's – I just don't understand that at all. And even if you want to play hardball, at least make him stick around so you can have that sort of talent on your roster for one more season. So that whole deal just is a huge loss for Houston just because they weren't able to leverage Clowney into some other deals. So if you like Laramie Tunsil, you know, maybe you could make it so it's almost a one-for-one one swap there, or at least close. But you're giving up, to go from Clowney to Tunsil, you're giving up two first-round picks and going from a second to a third. Right. That's that's and, crazy.
1: <laughs> right, and yeah, you pick up Kenny Stills and you pick up these 2 couple linebackers. So there's value there in those guys, especially Stills since Fuller and QT are often injured, and there he's a downfield threat. But, yeah, I mean, I would have understood it more, and I understand Clowney didn't want to go to Miami, but if you could have swapped even Clowney in a one, you know, to get Tunsell, then I understand. But as opposed to there's being two separate moves, and your whole goal is to win now, and Andrew Luck's not in the division anymore, and, boy, Deshaun Watson's really set up now to be – a massive producer especially through the air you know all these weapons duke johnson blindside's protected but the defense is going to be noticeably worse i mean i still i could see still a, 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 an argument to pick him to win the division but boy i'd like it better if they Clowney.
0: absolutely yeah so the the official deal it's jadavian Clowney goes to the seattle seahawks for a 2023 round draft pick barkevius mingo outside linebacker and linebacker jacob martin and then the next deal was the Houston Texans trade Carlos trade for Carlos Hyde from the Kansas city chiefs in exchange for third round offensive tackle Martinez Rankin. And then, and like you which said, I think, he, I think you know,
1: which is, he has value too. It's not like he's a nobody,
0: right? A third round right. draft pick. And Hyde, I think is the, the, the secondary option to Duke Johnson, right? He's going to be your big I back so. and Duke is going to take more of the work. And then you can spell him and maybe have Hyde be the short yardage guy, but Uh, and Hyde can catch the ball. He's just not a dynamic playmaker. And then the trade that I think might be even worse just because of how much they had to give up when you consider what they could have done in the draft to maybe just move up a couple of spots and draft Andre Dillard in the first round. Instead, they had to go send first-round picks in the next two drafts, a second-round pick also in 2021. So in 2021, they won't pick until the third round. Tackle Julian Davenport, cornerback Johnson Badamosi, and in return they get a a really great offensive tackle, blindside protector. So good news for for uh, Deshaun Watson there. Uh, wide receiver Kenny Stills and they also got back a 2024th 20, 20 and a 2021 20, sixth round pick. That is a ton to give up for any position that's not quarterback.
1: Right. And left tackles don't grow on trees and he's a superstar in in the making. But the the one thing you know you laid that out really well, if this is what the trades were But now you got to sign Tunsil too. You know, like not only did you give up a ton of picks, but you have to give him a huge contract too. He's probably going to be the highest paid left tackle in the league, so that's one more cost involved with such a transaction. And later in the show, we can talk about you know the effect on the Seahawks and their front seven, and the effects on Miami and where they're going. But it's, I do think the offense in Houston is noticeably better, and I got to say that the defense is noticeably worse and. Just what path are you taking? You know, what's the overall philosophy of the organization as we cut into week one?
0: You know, we, I think we do have to get more into this. And of course, there's the Seahawks side of things that's also interesting for different reasons and the Miami side of this trade, which really sets them up to uh, to not be great right now, but in the future. This is this is definitely a move looking forward for the Miami Dolphins. So let's get into all of that after this. Go to DraftKings.com now and use promo code Locked on. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
1: Well, hello everyone, I want to tell you about Mack Weldon. Great sponsors of the show. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. I can promise you. Not me, because I am wearing Mac Weldon. But Mack Weldon is premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Their mission simple, really, is just to make sure all your basics and beyond are smartly designed and shopping for them is very easy and very convenient. They realized consistent fit and quality became a game of roulette, so they decided to take matters into their own hands. Mack Weldon started from scratch and engineered their own fabric. They made sure the design process was meticulous so you can count on the fit being the same each time. We built a world-class customer experience. The experience is in the details, so they obsessed over every stitch and seam until we reached our definition of perfect. So, Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. It's very easy. Trust me, I'm not the most technical savvy, and I knocked it out in no time. Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. It's good for working out, going to work, going out on dates, just everyday life, whatever you want. Um, I've used these guys for a long time. They've been a the sponsor in the past. I bought underwear. I bought socks. I bought a hoodie I wear all the time. It, you know, the website was simple to use. It's great. Couldn't recommend them anymore. I love the, the way they attack things and the comfort and how easy it is. So here's what you guys have to do. For the first 20% off your first order, that's a big deal, visit MacWeldon.com and enter our promo code locked on. MacWeldon.com promo code locked on thanks so much okay so to to wrap it up
0: with the Texans and here's I want to put this to you this way let's say take the draft picks out of it and just a a one-for-one deal right now do you like the Texans better today than you did before these trades before the weekend
1: yes I mean Clowney to me is a good player not a great player He's not Von Miller. He's not Khalil Mack. You know I mean? He's an impact guy. Seattle should be very happy to get him. But he was also going to man a lot of money. Hyde's a nice pickup. And honestly, if Duke wasn't there, I kind of believe Hyde might be the exact same thing as Lamar Miller when it's all said and done. You know, so he's like a one-for-one replacement there for the guy who got injured. And Tunsil's obviously the gem. You know, that left tackles are hard to find. And he's going to play now as opposed to their first round pick, who's a project. So, yeah, just Tunsell alone makes me like them more.
0: Do you think either they didn't want to, couldn't, or Washington wasn't willing to deal with the Texans? Because it would have seemed that they could have got a really good current left tackle without giving up two firsts and a second round pick.
1: Yeah, I I wish I knew that answer, and I'd be absolutely shocked if they didn't at least kick those tires. Um, I don't think, if I'm Washington, I'm not real excited about Clowney. I don't think I could pull off that type of deal. But couldn't you get Williams for a second, you know, as opposed to all, you know, mortgaging your whole future, or second and a third, or, you know, something along those lines? Or, hey, before you sign, uh, you know, Hyde, give me Adrian Peterson, and in Williams or, you know, I mean, wouldn't the the skins be open to some kind of deal like that? Um, He's probably a better player than Tunsil right now, but Tunsil has more value because of age and where he'll be five years from now. But you're in it to win it. You know, I mean, I'm sure that would have been something they should have explored. I don't know if they did or not. Um, Trent Williams is a great player.
0: From the Seattle Seahawks' perspective on the Jadavian-Clowney trade, there's a couple of aspects I want to talk about here. One is that they just drafted a, a bigger-bodied sort of power defensive end in the first round, and so Clowney definitely comes in, and you know, obviously that's something they have been looking for. Yeah, I think it's a great deal for Seattle, even for a third-round pick even if they don't re-sign him long-term, because I think he's a really disruptive player, even if he's not a 15-sack-per-year guy and isn't that flexible. Turn the corner. Guy necessarily, but he's so powerful and you can move him around and create matchups there. And he's really a tough player to block for opposing offenses. So it really transforms things up front for the Seahawks. But uh, the thing that I find odd is that the Seahawks had an extra twenty twenty third third round pick because they decided not to re sign Earl Thomas. So do you think Clowney and basically the same draft pick situation because they wouldn't have had that extra 2020 20 third rounder? to throw around if they had uh, re-signed Earl Thomas. Do you prefer the Seahawks with just Clowney or with just Thomas and not the other guy?
1: Hmm. For right now, I would say I'd rather have Thomas. I mean, last we saw him, I thought he was playing really, really well. When that defense was at its best, with all respect to Wagner and Sherman and all those dudes, I thought Thomas was the most important piece. But I don't think Thomas wanted to be there. You know, I mean, he gave everyone the, everyone the finger when he got hurt last year, and, like, I think that ship had sailed. So I'm not sure that's a one-for-one. One. But I do think, and first of all, I think Clowney will probably be more Michael Bennett than he was Averill. Like, I bet they move him inside yeah. a lot, power player. You know, Romeo Cornell and the, that Texans team you did a very nice job using him that way. But I think what's interesting now that we have the hindsight is, well, you just traded Frank Clark. Instead of paying him huge money, and Kansas City trades D Ford and brings in Clark, and then Clowney goes from you know, there's a musical chairs <laughs> of defensive linemen going on here.
0: Right, and that was the other thing I was going to ask you about is the Frank Clark one for one with Jadavian Clowney, and when you consider draft picks, they got Clowney for Clark, and they got more draft capital there, giving up only a third but getting a first back for for Clark. So that's an interesting move that I think is, I mean, I just think that. The Seahawks won in in this whole in this whole conversation
1: right like I honestly I'd rather have Clark for this year than Clowney because he is an edge bender they're harder to come by but would I rather have Clowney and draft picks versus Clark and a third or in two you know nobody linebackers yeah they won you're right and their front seven looks pretty good you know Zeke onsa. Jeron Reed, who suspended Wagner, right? I mean, it's back to being a strength of the team. I have questions about the secondary, but I think their front seven looks really good.
0: I think the worst news of all is if you're Josh Rosen. Or whoever's going to be under center for the Dolphins, right? So it gives Miami a ton of draft capital to go get maybe the next quarterback that they will hopefully try to protect, you know, whether that's Tua, whether that's Justin Herbert. Those are uh, conversations that we will definitely be having. And Miami setting themselves up to have a very high draft pick that they might not even have to use these extra picks to help move up if they're, you know, end up drafting number one overall. But man, Josh Rosen's like, "Uh uh-oh, okay, no Tunsil. What's going on here, guys?
1: Yeah, I have mixed feelings on this, too, because, first of all, I feel for Rosen, who I was high on, and a couple of days ago, when they had Tunsell, I thought this was pretty clearly the worst offensive line in the league. I mean, worse than Arizona, worse than Houston's. And Tunsell, I just raved about a couple of minutes ago, is a great player, and everything else is a huge question mark or problem. So my hunch of how this went down was – Hey, we'll give you Clowney and picks. We'll give you Clowney and picks, but Clowney doesn't want to go there. Okay, we'll give you picks. Nah, we don't want to move them. Okay, we'll give you so many picks that you have no choice but to say yes. And the compensation for Tunsil is wonderful. I mean, you get to—they didn't—they inherited this guy. They can pick guys whoever they want, but chances are they're going to have to use an early pick on a left tackle who probably won't be as good as Tunsil. You know, I mean, when it's all said and done. Some of this is going to have to go towards rebuilding the offensive line for sure, especially left tackle. And in the meantime, it's just so hard to evaluate Rosen or anyone else on that offense if you can't block anybody. You don't know if he's good, bad, or ugly, you know?
0: Right. And for Rosen, he just had that situation. And he he might have almost now gone to a worse situation in Miami when he was already in <laughs> right. what I thought would have been the worst situation in Arizona.
1: Right, where's Larry? Where's David Johnson? You know, like boy, I'd love to go back to Arizona.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for Josh Rosen. How do you develop like that? So I, I can't imagine I he has uh, any type of a year that, I mean, and and if he just if he gets through it, I think mental toughness is going to be the number one thing. You know, if he's able to get through this season, and it looks like it's not going to be a great one for Miami and Josh Rosen, if he's able to thrive under these circumstances, then I think. Um, then I think you know that's that's a great sign for him and his future, but it, it's a rough go because basically they're saying, Yeah, maybe we'll just, uh, let, let's worry about who the next quarterback is.
1: Uh, it seems that way, but I think we can't ignore that these guys did give up a second round pick and must have liked Rosen a couple months ago to some degree. I mean, maybe Rosen is the guy going forward and they draft, you know defensive lineman and offensive lineman like crazy and build around them but i just don't know how you get to evaluate him if he has no chance to succeed
0: yeah the evaluation part is going to be really yeah. the the tough part there um and yeah who knows maybe rosen is able to still carve out a little career there in miami but at the same time yeah they 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 liked him enough to bring him in and they couldn't they almost couldn't say no to this deal if you're miami you're like oh man we want to protect rosen but we have to take two ones and a two for Tunsil. You almost have
1: to. Right, right. And as as opposed to paying him down the line big money, right. which they probably wouldn't mind to do, and he's worth it. I'm um, assuming everything off the field's fine, which I'm sure it is. Um, yeah, I mean, just if you're going to give me that much draft capital to build my team in a Browns-like manner, and I can get Miles Garrett and Ward and Baker, you know what I mean? Like, I can turn them in, the grass is always greener type of thing. It, it's It was too good to say no to.
0: So some interesting cuts around the league that I want to get to, Matt, and then a tie-in with Kansas City and Carlos Hyde that we'll get to right after this.
1: Folks, it's time to celebrate. Football is finally back, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge Week 1 contests this Sunday that you will not want to miss. To kick off the NFL season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at $2 million in prizes with your first deposit, and you can put in the code LOCKEDON, all one word, all caps, during sign-up. Draft your lineup and feel (laughs) feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Draft your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with this football season. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the games quite like having a shot at $2 million in prizes. So, download the DraftKings app now and use our code LOCKED ON for a limited time. Both new and u- existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. And new users, don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter our code LOCKED ON to get a free shot at $2 million in prizes on- with your first deposit. I mean, why would you do that? The- that code is LOCKED ON only at DraftKings. There's a minimum of $5 deposit required. Deposit bonuses require 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
0: So I think there are two cuts, I think, that were the most interesting around the league. One, a veteran player in LaShawn McCoy that was released by the Buffalo Bills. So that, first got to talk about the Buffalo Bills backfield now. They've got the rookie in Devin Singletary, They've got the oldest guy in the league in Frank Gore. That's an interesting combination there, which I I actually kind of like for Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I kind of do too. I mean, I didn't think there was was a very bad line and offense last year, but I thought Shady looked really bad last year, you know, so he wasn't going to make the team. He's a huge salary, you know, huge salary guy. He wasn't going to be back. I mean, it's where the status of where the Bills are, especially compared to a team like the Chiefs, it, you can't have that much tied in, up into him after what he did last year. Fine. Um, but now, you know, Gore's going to be like the leader of that room and take Singletary and maybe even Josh Allen to some degree under his wing, be a good influence. Um, but in the end, I'm not so sure that the Bills back isn't, you know, in college right now, (laughs) you know, that Singletary's Mm. more of a two and a complimentary dude and flashes, but I think he's a two when it's all said and done. And maybe they use a second round pick on a good back next year.
0: How do you like that backfield from fantasy purposes? Or are you completely staying away? I was completely staying away, but I think Devin Singletary now might be someone that you could at least draft in an area where he's not going to be too expensive, but you might have a little something.
1: Yeah, and obviously he got a boost when the second McCoy got cut, rightfully so. Um, I think he's probably topped out, if everything goes well, as probably a low-end number two for fantasy. But probably as we sit right this second, I would say, you know, week one, I might start him as a flex. I mean, so he has value.
0: Right, yeah, he's got some value. And Frank Gore, still a great pass-protecting back, and yeah— you're right. He's the leader in that room now, at least, and so you're probably not dropping off at all from LaShawn McCoy to Frank Gore at this point, because you know what Frank Gore is. You know what he can give you some tough mm-hmm. yardage, and he can definitely take a young player under his wing. So I like that combination. It's it's interesting in Buffalo, and once you take, when you have a convoluted situation, you take one guy out, it just starts to get a little bit more clear.
1: Right. I mean, it was crowded. You know, guys like Gore and McCoy. They don't help you on special teams either. You know, like they're not running down and tackling a punt returner.
0: <laughs> right. That's a good point. And now LaShawn <laughs> McCoy is reuniting with his old head coach from Philly and Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid. McCoy getting a one-year deal $4 million that includes $3 million guaranteed from the Chiefs, which is still a nice you – know, he, he took a pay cut there after getting released. He had a big cap number. But what does this do to Damian Williams and especially – The sleeper value of darwin thompson and what's that usage going to look like to you in kansas city
1: it's interesting and from what i read this came down to the chargers and the chiefs and mccoy went with his old coach which makes perfect sense and maybe even if it was for less money i'd go there with my old coach who loves me and great offense um you know this is kind of from a fantasy angle but I owned Damian Williams nowhere. I just don't think he's an above-average runner or even an average starting NFL running back. I owned Darwin Thompson everywhere because I wasn't so big on Williams, and I think he's got a lot of potential. This certainly clogs up the Thompson t- take quite a bit because McCoy's going to play. They paid him like a guy that's going to get a lot of snaps. He's probably the third down back. Um, but I think him and Williams... Probably are fifty fifty. But deep down I'm holding out a little bit of hope that you know, Reed and these guys, you know, and the coaching staff watches these two and says, Boy, Williams and McCoy really aren't that great. Let's rookies tearing it up in practice still. Let's see what he can do.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one and, and has basically become what the Bills backfield was is a situation that I'm avoiding at all costs. And I completely did this last weekend in my drafts. Uh, but I did end up with Devin Singletary at a nice bargain ah, nice. price, I think. So we'll see how that goes. I don't even think I need to start him right away. Uh, one more cut that's I want to talk funny, about.
1: Quick, I picked uh, I picked Darwin Thompson, and then about an hour later, the news came out.
0: The news that's cycle loud. is hilarious. You almost have to check the news real quick just before you make every selection if you have enough time on the clock. Right. <laughs> uh, one more cut I want to talk about that was really interesting was Ja'Kai Polite. He was the 68th overall pick in the 2019 draft, cut by the New York Jets, he was dogged by uh, work ethic questions when he showed up at the comp. And, like, I loved his tape. I thought his tape was on par with some of the first-round edge guys. And when he showed up at the Combine and he had a little uh, a little spare tire going and he ran a 4.9 or whatever it was, he's like, uh, what is going on here? Maybe there's something to those work ethic questions.
1: Yeah, right. And still, any you hear a third-round pick getting cut, who many projected, as you said, just off tape, is a first-round type of guy um, at a very desirable position, edge pass rusher. And the Jets' edge pass rush needs a lot of help. I mean, that was one of their – it seemed like, boy, he fell into their lap. Okay, he's got some red flags, but it's exactly what they need. It's worth the risk. The other thing I heard about him to expand upon what you said was, yeah, he came to the combine out of shape, not looking good, didn't test well at all. But also, from what I understand, his interviews were awful. You know that yep. nobody enjoyed sitting down with him for that fifteen minutes. Or said, "Boy, I really would love to add him to my locker room." So I'm sure, without knowing for sure, that that probably factored in.
0: And this, and the other thing is, it wasn't the GM that drafted him that released him. So True. at some point, there he's you- like, "This isn't my guy." And so, and also from PFT, they reported uh, the quick exit of third rounder Ja'Kai Polite from the Jets included more than $100,000 in fines imposed by the team for tardiness and other infractions. So
1: oh wow, That's not a good I situation.
0: That. Yeah, that, I mean, just everything yeah. that could go wrong from a guy for that, that he has complete control of.
1: Right. And Hey, if it's Lawrence Taylor or Derek Thomas, they can be late to meetings, but the, the, the chubby guy that rubs everybody wrong, that was a third round pick cannot.
0: Absolutely. Uh, real quick, the news, uh, the latest news with the saga of Melvin Gordon, and we can only spend a couple minutes on this. But is this just a situation with his holdout that it was imminently going to go in this direction, where they're basically like, "Okay, we're we're done talking to you. Go ahead and seek a trade if you want." And then, of course, Gordon does the thing where he starts following some teams on Instagram, and then the fans start going, getting in a fervor because they <laughs> right. he followed their team all of a sudden. They think a trade's going to happen. Is this just the natural progression of things with, with a holdout that seemed like it was going to go into the season?
1: Yeah, and I think it will go into the season now. And it kinda, I kind of thought the writing was on the wall when they said, hey, go feel free to explore a trade, which basically meant we tried. We're not getting enough in return. There's not enough interest. Your value isn't what you think it is or even what we might have thought it was on the open market. Um, we're done talking. We like our guys. It's time to move on. The season's here. If you want to join us, great. If you don't, fine. Broker a deal. And really, I mean, now that where the Texans are at, is the Bucks the only team that would maybe even make sense for them? I mean, I'm having a hard time coming up with a suitor for Melvin Gordon right now. And
0: y- we actually have had yeah the Texans was the one team that got hit with the Lamar Miller injury and you and I both weren't super high on Lamar Miller as it is and around the league usually there's more teams that lose a running back so maybe it has to be a situation that goes into the season where a team that's a you know a team that thinks they're a competitor and and, and can't afford to lose their top back maybe they lose their top back and the Chargers have a conversation with somebody but it does seem like this is going to go into the season and most teams are pretty set and like their, uh, their running back depth.
1: Yeah, and besides Tampa, I mean, maybe if one of the top 10 type of backs from a good team, like you said, goes down early, which unfortunately probably will happen. <laughs> you know, it's just a right. brutal position in a brutal sport. Then maybe you get on the horn, but you got to have cap money. I mean, and it's a position that isn't hard to fill and you give up, you got to give up a substantial draft pick. You're not going to get them for a fifth or a fourth. And you got to pay him.
0: If you're the Chargers, what's the least you would accept today in a trade? Picks-wise.
1: I would say a third. You know, considering what we just saw Clowney go for. But I would think you could do a little better. I mean, a third and a fifth. Or a young player I like in a third. or You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, give me a little something I can use now in a third.
0: And it is difficult. If you're the Chargers, it would have been a lot easier to shop him four months ago than it is right now. So unless, you know, like we mentioned, something big happens. But that could happen, and maybe we'll uh, hear about that. Uh, It was about about this time last year that the 49ers lost Jarek McKinnon, and it happens. It'll happen in practice. It'll happen in games. So we'll see. Maybe there is more to the Chargers and Melvin Gordon situation. Maybe Gordon's playing for somebody else. Who knows? But uh, it looks like that is going to go into the regular season, and it looks like it sounds like Zeke. What do you think about Zeke? Just real quick, yay or nay, is he going to sign before
1: week one? I'm going to say no, but I'm bet he's there by two or three.
0: Okay, so not an extended holdout, but he will miss week one.
1: That's my hunch.
0: Okay, I like it. Uh, We're out of time here. (laughs) We'll get more into that stuff, and I'm sure we'll have more news to report on about all the holdouts around the NFL. For Matt Williamson, I am Brian Peacock. Be back tomorrow right here, Locked on NFL.